0: In today's episode of the Healthy Christian Leader podcast, we get to hear from Robin McCoombs on how to deal with the pain and hurt we often experience when leading in ministry. She explores the causes behind the surprise and disillusionment we experience in the midst of backstabbing and betrayal. But one of the reasons for this is a poor theology of suffering. Robin shares how developing a robust theology of suffering can help us journey through difficult times with a trust in God's sovereign plan. Robin shares from her own experiences of ministry hurt and how God used painful experiences in ministry to bring healing to her life. We believe this talk is going to encourage your heart towards healing from any pain you may have experienced in ministry. So let's jump in.
1: Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, anyone over the age of three knows that the only accurate part of that statement is that sticks and stones may actually break our bones. The part about names not hurting us is as much a fallacy as believing that every person in our congregation is always going to be loving, gracious, supportive, growing in faith, never controlling, never grumbling or complaining, enthusiastically lining up to use their gifts to serve the Lord, and having the utmost love and respect for the pastor that God called to lead and shepherd them. Well... Reality is that our churches can be a place where names do hurt us. And within every pastorate, there exists the possibility of suffering, hurt, and pain because of the ministry we are involved in. Well, I was a naive pastor who began pastoral ministry believing that the Christians in the church that I was called to would be gracious, kind, helpful, supportive, and respectful as we served the Lord together to further his kingdom on earth. I certainly was aware of dysfunctional families and even aware of dysfunctional churches, but I soon learned just how dysfunctional some churches can be. Churches that were born out of a spirit of conflict and unrest. Churches vying for personal power. Churches who were weak in the faith. Without going into detail, I can honestly affirm that my first pastorate was a very difficult one. The church in question was under the thumb of one particular man who was determined to hold the reign of power and control from everyone from the congregants to the pastor. The church didn't exist to do God's will, the church existed to do His will. But I believed I was called to lead the church to do God's will, and thus conflict ensued. And sad to say, I was not the first pastor to be chewed up and spit out. There was a rather long and painful history of that occurrence. In my first pastorate, I co-pastored with my husband. We had been called to ministry together, we were called to seminary together, and we were called to this specific church at the same time. Even though I co-pastored with my husband, what I say today is about my experience and my perspective. So how did I deal with the pain and hurt that I experienced from this particular ministry experience? Well, lots of times and in many cases, I didn't deal with it well. It wasn't until long after the fact that I realized how God came alongside me and helped me to persevere, to cope, to hope, and to lean on Him in a hard and difficult place. Much of what I learned about dealing with the hurt and pain of ministry came after the fact. As I reflected back about that time and as God dealt with me in its aftermath, One thing I know for sure was that the Lord was with me during the whole time through thick and thin and the only reason I'm still standing here today is because of his presence with me and his grace and his power in my life. And I suspect that all of us at one time or another or to one degree or another will have to deal with hurt and pain in ministry if you haven't already done so. The list of how to deal with hurt and pain in ministry is not an exhaustive one, but rather these are things that I learned during my painful experience. You may have a different list, but I suspect there will be some common denominators. So what are some ways that we can deal with hurt and pain as we minister? Well, the first way is to learn the reality of suffering. When I began pastoral ministry, I thought I was going to change the world for Christ and everybody else would be of the same mindset, and we would joyfully serve him together. I didn't even entertain the possibility that there would be conflict, disappointments, hurt, or pain. Like I said, I was very naive, but I quickly learned the opposite. When the man who would have the ultimate power and control was out in the community and even in the church family spreading lies about me and my family, I used to think, how could a Christian do this to another Christian? I expected that kind of behavior from an unbeliever but not a follower of Jesus. And this is where I needed a good dose of reality. If Jesus' disciples and the religious leaders of his day hurt and betrayed him, then most certainly the followers of Jesus today are going to be hurt and betrayed at times, as scripture makes very clear. Jesus said to his disciples, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. So why would I ever think that I, as a child of God, would be immune from rejection, hurt, and pain when my Lord suffered such things? Well, over the years, God taught me a theology of suffering. That is, the reality and certainty of suffering. His word is so very clear that as followers of Jesus, we will suffer. Peter wrote to the persecuted church in Asia Minor, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So why are we so surprised when we go through hardships? Perhaps we've bought into our cultural view that everything should be warm and fuzzy, we should never have any problems, we should never have any pain, we should never be ever be uncomfortable. All of which, by the way, are our rights and our entitlements. But God didn't promise us an easy, pain-free, problem-free, or even comfortable life. What he did promise us was that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with us to provide grace, strength, courage, faith, love, and even transformation. Well, I admit that during that difficult time, the fleshly part of me often asked why. Why, why me? And I didn't get an answer to the why question, but God taught me with an overwhelming conviction and certainty about his sovereignty, his goodness, and his purposes. After a while, the why question wasn't quite so important because I knew God was in control during that whole time and I knew he had allowed it for purposes that I may never discover. And I knew without a doubt that God was good and his purposes were good and I can stand here and say today that as hard as it was, many good things came out of that experience, especially incredible spiritual growth and healing. We will suffer in this lifetime as followers of Jesus, but God stays the course with us as He does some amazing things in us as we suffer. Well, the second thing that we can do to help us deal with hurt and pain in ministry is to pray, 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 and pray some more. It was the reality of knowing that God was with me and that I could speak to Him at any time that kept me going like nothing else could. God was not often far from my thoughts because I was in such desperate need of him. And I prayed constantly during that time for God to change me and help me to be the person and pastor that he had called me to be. I prayed for growth and healing for the church. I prayed for the ministry. I prayed for those who were hurting, the uh, causing the hurt and pain Sorry, and among other things. I prayed for wisdom because I was clueless. I had to seek God for his wisdom in how to deal with some very difficult issues. For example, a husband and wife in the church wanted to meet with my husband and me to talk about some issues. So we prayed, asking God for his wisdom for this meeting, and God made two things very clear. One was to take a witness with us, and the other was that no matter what was spoken, we were to keep silent. And we obeyed both. We took someone with us, and for an hour and a half, while we were condemned, criticized, judged, maligned, falsely accused, and pretty much torn to shreds, we kept our mouths shut, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this isn't to tell you that you should always take a witness with you and always keep silent, but I encourage you to seek the Lord's wisdom in these difficult situations so that you can handle them in the way that He prescribes. I prayed for healing. When my time at that pastorate ended, it was prayer that sustained me through those long, painful, horrible days of healing. When I first left that pastorate, I was a broken heap of shattered life. I cried pretty much nonstop for the first two weeks and cried buckets for the next year. I was so incredibly broken. And prayer not only sustained me through that actual tough time of ministry, but it was my default position during the healing time. But do you ever notice that when you ask God to do something that often he goes above and beyond what you ask him to do? When I asked God to heal me from the hurt of ministry, He took a detour in answering my prayer. He took me on a journey of healing that went way back to my childhood. I didn't ask for that, but God began to reveal the deep brokenness in my life. I was like a human landfill filled with overflowing, stinking, rotten garbage and junk. And He brought me to the place where I got so sick and tired of the garbage within me that I finally said, Lord, I don't care how much it hurts, just get this pain out of me. Dig out this garbage. And wow, is God quick to answer that kind of prayer. He started immediately, and it wasn't fun and it hurt, but it was a purifying kind of pain because it led to healing and freedom. And he's still digging stuff out, and I suspect he will until the day I go to be with him. We can never underestimate the power of God as he serves to heal and transform us to be more like Christ. I prayed for God's timing. When I received the call to that church, I vowed before the Lord that I would stay until he told me to go. And I took that vow very seriously, even when the conflict was the most heated. There were days when every fiber of my being wanted to bolt for the hills and hide in a cave like Elijah did after Jezebel threatened him. But I held on, and I prayed every day, asking God, is this the day that I can leave? But the Spirit of God kept saying to me, no, stay, the time is not yet. And then at the end of one summer, I sensed the Lord telling me it was time for that church to have a new leadership. And after leaving that church, I was in no shape to pastor anyone, let alone a church. I had calls from well-meaning churches at the time asking if I would consider being an interim or a part-time pastor. And one such call came very quickly after I left. And I was told that if you fall off the horse, you've got to get right back on. But I sensed so strongly that God was telling me not to look for another church at that time, but rather to take the time to heal and to reflect and spend with Him. For some people, maybe leaving a difficult pastorate and going immediately to another one is God's plan, but I knew it wasn't for me. It would have been disastrous for the church, and it would have been disastrous for me if I had gone back to pastoring without dealing first with the hurt and the pain. I find it ironic that if we fall down and break our leg, we're going to take the time to allow the leg to heal. But if someone is deeply wounded emotionally, we often expect either them or ourselves to just get back up and go back immediately to what we are doing without allowing the wounds to heal. Well, another way that we can deal with hurt and pain in ministry is by having a network. After that hour and a half meeting where I was railed at non-stop, suffice it to say that I was devastated. The next day Derek and I went to visit a trusted seminary professor that we knew and we told him about the meeting and he gave us some great advice. He said consider everything that was said about you, if it's true, then own it before the Lord, repent of it, and make things right if it's possible. On the other hand, if what was said about us was not true, then just give it to God and don't think about it again. This, past, this professor sorry, was part of a network of people that we had in our lives at that time that supported us and encouraged us and prayed for us. We also had friends that we went to seminary with. Another husband and wife pastoral team that we met with monthly for for fellowship and for prayer and for support. And this was so important to us at that time and we valued that relationship with them so greatly. We were also part of a good ministerial at the time and got a lot of encouragement and support there as well. These were safe people that we could bear our souls to. And these strong Christian people in our lives who were separate from the local church context were invaluable to us during that difficult time. Well, another way we can deal with hurt and pain in in ministry is to not suppress the pain. During this time, I had been doing a Bible study that dealt with acknowledging our pain and hurt to God instead of burying it or ignoring it. And this study focused on Psalm 109. In this psalm, David was devastated because he was betrayed by a close friend and he poured out his heart to God, telling God what he was thinking and feeling. Just listen to some of the things David wrote about this person who who betrayed him. He says, When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. In other words, David, David is saying, I hope he drops dead. May his children be wandering beggars, may they be driven from their ruined homes, may no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children, may his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. Here David is pouring out the pain and anger and distress in his soul to the Lord. David says to God, I hope he drops dead. His children fail at everything, and his family is wiped off the face of the earth, and may they all rot in hell. Now I'm paraphrasing, of course. But David is telling God how much he is hurting. He's telling God exactly what he thinks and feels. But then notice what he says to God after he gets all of this stuff off his chest. He says, but you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Help me, Lord, my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. After telling God how he feels, David commits himself into God's hands, asking the Lord to help him. This was so amazingly helpful, therapeutic, and healing to me to simply to be able to tell God how I felt and then to leave myself and those who were hurting me in His hands. I can even remember writing names in my Bible at the appropriate places in Psalm 109. But after I got that pain off my chest, I just kept asking God to help me. Well, going right along with that, another way we can deal with hurt and pain in ministry is to forgive. I tried to forgive those who hurt me in the midst of the conflict, but it wasn't until I left the ministry that God really began to work in my heart big time in this department. And at that time, the Lord brought to my mind a quote that I had read at some other time, and it was from Lewis Smead's, and it was about forgiveness. And this is what he wrote. Let God handle those you would like to manhandle in your hate. If they need teaching, let God teach them. If they need rescuing from their own stupidity, let God rescue them. If they need saving from their own crazy wickedness, let God save them. What you need is healing from the infection of malice left over from the open wounds they left in your life. Well, God spoke so powerfully to me through this quote in my time of healing. When I thought of those who had hurt me and what they had done, I started praying very simply that God would deal with them, but that he also would deal with me. And it became a pattern that I repeated over and over, and I still continue to pray that prayer today. This simple but effective prayer was instrumental in God enabling me to forgive those who had hurt me. The forgiving, as well as the healing, was a a process. One of the deepest emotional wounds I was left with was an overwhelming belief that I was a failure as a pastor. This feeling that I had failed God, His Church, and even myself had haunted me for many years. And God gradually began to prompt me to forgive myself. And we probably all know that the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. But God, eventually, through His grace and presence, enabled me to forgive myself. So forgiving others and forgiving myself were huge in the healing process. Well, another way we can deal with hurt and pain in ministry is through self-examination. Early on, during that time of healing, after I left that difficult place, I questioned everything except my salvation. I sought God with some difficult questions, difficult for me, not for Him. I asked if I had really been called as a pastor. I even questioned the whole area of women in pastoral ministry. I questioned if I had truly been called to that specific church, or did I just think I was supposed to have gone there, but it wasn't God's will after all. These and many other were soul-searching questions between me and the Holy Spirit. And and eventually I did determine that God had indeed called me to be a pastor. And he did indeed call me to that specific pastorate. But it took a long time to work through some of these issues, which were an important part of the healing process. I also questioned at that time my part in the whole affair. It would have been so easy to just blame the dysfunctional church or or blame the person who wanted the power or blame somebody else. But God was at work healing and growing me. And he brought me to the place where I had to take an honest look at me and ask, what did I do at that time that did not honor God and that did not honor the people that he had called called me to shepherd? Well, as the Holy Spirit brought things to mind, I had to own them, and I had to repent of them, and if possible, make things right. And for those things that came to mind that were simply the product of a guilty conscience, or my flesh, I had to leave those with the Lord. Well, the final way that we can deal with hurt and ministry is learn how to deal with conflict. I readily admit that I did not have a sweet clue about how to deal with conflict in a healthy and gracious way when I was in the midst of it. Anytime conflict reared its ugly head, I ran so fast in the opposite direction that I left a trail of smoke behind me. And to be honest, it's only been in the last two years since I've been studying Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that I am learning how to deal with conflict in a Christ-like manner. And I cannot encourage you enough to not wait when you are in the midst of conflict to to figure out how to deal with it, but to learn about it previously to any conflict happening. Well, during my convalescence, God led, led me to fill my heart with His Word. And I spent hours on end in the Word like never before in those first, year, first few years after leaving ministry. Nothing changed me more deeply than this time of healing and being alone with God day after day. The spiritual growth in my life during that time was like anything I had seen since becoming a follower of Jesus. God was growing me spiritually, and he was healing me emotionally in amazing ways. I didn't necessarily see all the change at the time, but eventually I saw the change in such a way that I knew that it was only attributed to the Holy Spirit. But because of all this, I can honestly say now that... In going through that difficult pastor, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. God used such a difficult, dysfunctional, and broken time and experience in my life to bring about change and good that I could never have imagined. God is so good, as are His purposes. As much as incredible growth and healing occurred eventually, the time spent in that ministry situation in the first five or six years after were some of the most difficult and devastating in my life. But in all the hardships and pain and suffering, God was there with me. And I am so very thankful to God that during that time, nothing ever entered my mind to turn away from Him or to blame Him for what happened. It was only by His presence and His grace that I am where I am today, still on the journey of faith, still on the journey of growth and healing. So in closing today, my prayer is that if you are going through that hard place of hurt and pain in your ministry, know that the Lord will be your constant tower of strength and grace as He comforts, heals, and transforms you. May God bless you and amen.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Healthy Christian Leader Podcast. If you enjoyed it, consider leaving us a review. And if you're looking to grow with like-minded Christian leaders through our online community, consider connecting with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, or visiting us at our website, AaronMinistries.com.